Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Hi everyone episode of Shahero Nightlife uh, Season 3 And today's topic is on Islam Journey to the East from Arabia to Asia Okay, so um, Assalamualaikum to all our panelists here uh, We have on the top uh, Brother MENJ The Muslim Apologist Do check his channel out Okay, so you see that's uh, the Muslim Apologist. Uh, on the right, we have Iskandar from Netherlands. Assalamualaikum. Assalamualaikum. And uh, we have uh, Ashairul here from Singapore. Thanks for joining the stream. Hi. <laughs> And beside him is a brother Bilal, French Muslim, also living in Singapore now. Assalamualaikum. Alaikum salam, brother. And finally, on the bottom right is brother Ishakma. Assalamualaikum. Brother Ishakma is from Burma and he's a Dai also. So uh, tonight, uh, our we did some research on you know the journey from is uh, from Arabia to China and to Southeast Asia. So, of course, this is not the entire complete history. I would say um, it's just our research. It will not be accurate even some some of it. But I guess it's good to share so that you know it might maybe intrigue you to go and do some research on your own. And and find your own sources of information and piece this together eventually. We hope that our sharing today can benefit you in some way um, uh, tonight. Okay, so uh, without much further ado, I'll start off with sharing a bit about uh, Islam in China. Okay, so Islam in China has existed through fourteen hundred years of continuous interaction with Chinese society. Currently, Muslims are a significant minority group in China, and the Hui Muslims are the majority Muslim group. The greatest concentration is in Xinjiang, with a significant Uyghur population. Lesser but significant populations reside in the regions of Ningxia, Gansu, and Xinhai. Various sources estimate different numbers of adherents, with some sources indicating that 1 to 3% of the total population in China is Muslim. Of China's 55 official recognized minority peoples, 10 groups are predominantly Sunni Muslims. The first mosque in China was built in 627 by the Sahabas, who had begun preaching in 606, 616. They were noticed by Emperor Wu Te by 618 CE, and as a result, the Huaisheng Mosque was constructed in 627. Being one of the oldest mosques in the world. All right, so this is uh, roughly uh, uh, intro to how you can start, and uh, I also like to share with you this book. So I did most of my research and reading from this book. Okay, and it's called right. Islam in China: History and Spread, History, Spread, and Culture, a pictorial book. Okay, compiled, uh, compiled, and edited by P. K. Koya. Okay, I don't know if you have seen this book, but you can go and check it out on Wada Books. Okay, it's about forty nine ninety hardback. Uh, I put the link there. You can go check it out. Okay, next, what about this book? Let me. Can, can, uh, yes. Are you going to share about the book, or can we yes. say something? You uh, panelists, feel free to okay. come in with information yeah. any point of time. 
So, so I, I gotta add because I have a master's degree in uh, Asian studies and I focused on history. I approach this subject more from a scholarly, uh, academic perspective rather than from the native um, Islamic understanding of the history of Islam in China. And there are a few discrepancies, even in the stories you just mentioned now, for example, when and who spread uh, Islam to China. And one of the stories is that, indeed, it was uh, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, uh, anhu, who spread uh, and established the Huaisheng Mosque in Guangzhou. But actually, if we look at the historical evidence, there isn't very much to corroborate this claim, right? So usually scholars say that Islam entered China in 651, uh, common era, which is 30 to 31 years after Hijra. And this was when the first embassy from the uh, Rashidun Caliphate was sent to the uh, Tang Emperor. So just uh, a little bit of detail. Oh. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. Thanks for sharing, brother. Uh, so you see, so there's a bit of uh, changes in discrepancy here, and you can just make your own uh, research as well. Okay, so next. In this book that I found out, okay, some say this hadith is weak, um, but uh, so far I found it in the book. <laughs> yeah, we just just appreciate the calligraphy. That's all. Yeah. Appreciate the calligraphy and <laughs> seek knowledge even unto China, according to our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. May Allah bless him and peace and grant him peace. Okay. Um, this, I found another interesting part of the book is actually Bismillah Rahman Rahim in Chinese calligraphy. Okay, it's a Chinese style calligraphy uh, which says, In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Contemporary Chinese Muslim calligraphy is Haji No Din Mi Guangjiang. Okay, interesting. Okay, next. Okay, in the 11th century, Persian scholar Al Buruni wrote his widely acclaimed historical account of Inder Kitab. Tariq al-Hind, which later came to be recognized as the foundational work for the study of Indology. Al-Biruni's work is considered one of the most objective accounts of India and its peoples, despite coming from a Muslim at that time, when Hindu-Muslim rivalry was at its peak, following conquests by Islamic powers of that time. He saw India not as a monolithic Hindu nation, but one that is made up of diverse cultures that many historians have inadvertently lumped together. 1,000 years later, such objectivity and historical honesty are still lacking in modern studies of people and nations. Some out of convenience and others for political economic expediency, the result is an entrenched tendency to regard some nations, in particular the large ones, from a monolithic perspective, the Muslims. Of the 55 officially recognized minorities in China, at least 10 are Muslims. Okay, So I thought I'd take the extract out. Okay. Such is the fate of China, the third largest country by land area and the most populated country in the world. It, however, is actually made up of regions that are culturally and religiously diverse from each other and inhabited by more than 50 ethnic groups that have come to be lumped as Chinese as popular culture knows them. This book seeks to extract one important segment of the Chinese world, the Muslims. Of the 55 officially recognized minorities in China, at least 10 are Muslims. Okay, so I give you this is like a brief history of uh, China here that I got from the book. Mm -hmm. Okay, the emergence of Islam in China dates back to the Tang Dynasty. The dates are 618 to 907 AD during the very early days of Islam. 
Commercial contracts purportedly began just about two decades after the death of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, c. 570 to 622 AD, during the time of the third caliph Uthman ibn Affan. Trade between various Chinese cities and the nascent Islamic Caliphate flourished and reputedly in uh, 627 AD. Some wealthy Arab merchants, benefactors, constructed the Huaisheng Mosque, literally means memorial to the sage in Guangdong City, Canton, in honor of Prophet Muhammad and in recognition of Islam's place in contemporary society. Huaisheng Mosque is one of the oldest mosques in the world and the oldest in China. It has been reconstructed many times over the centuries under various succeeding dynasties in China. Anything to add, brothers? <laughs> yeah, I think the current plans of the mosque are from yeah. the Yuan dynasty. So I think this, the current floor plans are like from 13 something, uh, if oh. I recall correctly. Yeah. Okay. And uh, also the name actually Huaishan, the name Huaishan itself, I think, as I know, is uh, in the uh, Qing Dynasty, Cixi, Cixi Taihou. Mm. Uh, that she granted, you know, this, she granted this name for this masjid. But the original, the origin name is Guan Ta Si, as people know, called, you know, Guan Ta, the light uh, minaret, or, you know, it, it was like this. But Huai Shen Si, also known as a Huai Shen Si, because the Cixi, she granted, and for this masjid, that's why people nowadays they know as it Huaishanshi as well. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. That's a, Actually, the road yeah. it's on is called Guangtalu, so the the road of the light minaret. So, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, road of the light minaret. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So now next, reportedly, the third emperor of the Tang Dynasty, Gao Zhong, uh, six four nine to six eighty three A.D had a profound understanding of Islam and found many of its teachings compatible with Confucianism. It is this compatibility between the teachings of Islam and the traditions of China that this book celebrates 210 pages of photography. Okay. The relationship between Islam and China is an important one. Islamic civilization subsequently became the scientific and cultural powerhouse of the world from the late 7th century until it was overtaken by the West in the 18th 20th century with its industrial revolution. But now this Western dominance in turn faces an emerging China who appears set to fill that role, adding to it a new budding challenge to the world in the evolving technological transformation era, an era that China, grounded in its sheer size and its inherent affinity to harmonize with different cultures and traditions, is poised to lead. Okay. Um, so the last four decades have seen this evolving role being pointedly challenged but increasingly entrenched. Today, there is not a product, not an object from the smallest toy to cutting-edge technology in transportation and communication to move or connect to millions of people that is not made in China. Basically, everything is now made in China. <laughs> not to mention <laughs> the game-changing, leapfrogging leap in information technology advancement. Yep. The social credit system. I don't know if you heard of it. <laughs> oh, are we gonna talk about that? Oh, uh, that's that's uh, another topic for another day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so China, Zhongguo, uh, the country. Okay, this is by Yusuf Liu Baojun. Okay, Liu Baojun is uh, basically born in 
a Chinese Muslim historian, a resident in Malaysia. So brother Menj. <laughs> yep. Do you yep. know? Do you know his status? Um, yeah. I didn't know this. I never. I I don't even know the man. Unfortunately, <laughs> I would love to meet him. I would love to meet him if he's still alive. Okay. If he's still alive. He got two books there. It's called the Exodus to the Taishan. Tale of Chinese oh. Muslim in Central Asia. His books are available in three languages, even Malay. So no excuse uh, to read. Uh, <laughs> I must. I, I will get. I will try to get the book in short. Mashallah. Okay. So for those who are unfamiliar with China, which I don't think you should be, because it's a big part of the the map. <laughs> what, what is China? China. I've never heard of this country. <laughs> well, it's a global superpower now. China? There's no excuse. <laughs> Sorry. China. Pronounced Zhongguo in Mandarin means central nation. If you open a world map, you will see China located geographically at the center of the world. The total area of China is about 9.6 million square kilometers, located in Southeast Asia. Uh, along the coastline of the Pacific Ocean, China is the world's third largest country after Russia and Canada. One of China's greatest treasures is its long, rich history. As early as 1.7 million years ago, the earliest human evolved on this land. China is proud of its many people, long history, resplendent culture, and distinctive customs. Chinese arts and crafts, including painting, calligraphy, operas, embroidery, and silk, are distinctive and unique. Kung Fu which has only recently begun to enjoy popularity in other parts of the world, has been part of Chinese culture for centuries. Chinese literature testifies to the country's rich heritage. Among China's greatest gifts to the world are the four great inventions, paper, gunpowder, printing, and the compass. Oh. Some arguably said paper came from Arabia. I don't know. but A different kind of paper, right? Papyrus? Maybe. Well... <laughs> Okay, next. Uh, anything to add, brothers? By the Actually, way, wasn't a... paper. Yeah. No? So yeah, Korea. No. Yes. No, no. Uh, about paper, I think the story is that uh, at the Battle of Talas, uh, mm -hmm. they defeated the Tang armies and then they took the paper making scale to Arabia. Right. I think that was the official story, but uh, I'm not uh, sure. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know about that. <laughs> Maybe there's a, a few more other sources that should be cross-reading. Yeah. Okay. So over here, uh, I just want to show you a very scenic place in China, Guilin. I haven't been there, but I wish I am there one day. Because there's like a lot of mountains there and there's a lot of greenery and, you know, I just think it's very beautiful. In picture, I don't know if I go there, it's going to be polluted and I don't know, hopefully not. <laughs> Guilin is very beautiful. It's not polluted, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh okay the first dynasty uh the Xia dynasty dates to about 21st century bc for 4000 years feudalism was the dominant economic and cultural model then in 1911 the revolution led by sun yat-sen brought the monarchy to an end on 1st of october 1949 the people's republic of china was founded since then, China has developed independently and vigorously. So this is Sun Yat-sen. Is that correct so far, brothers? I don't know. Those who are in Burma would probably... <laughs> Generally, it's correct. And okay. everybody knows as this, uh, he is a founder and also the, the, the date and this so on. It's mm -hmm. correct. But actually, uh, but for the from the Islamic prophetic side, that we see 
the Muslims or the Islam during the Republic of China founded the yeah. Islam to get one more, I mean, uh, one, relife, okay, relife again in China, especially mm -hmm. in China and South Asia, uh, which is related to China government, okay, in, in Taiwan or in the uh, Hong Kong, I mean, in Hong Kong and China. Mm -hmm. After this, uh, uh, Republic of China established the, chi the Chinese Muslims and the Islam getting more uh, active, getting more active. And also there are many, uh, there were many uh, scholars uh, who have, you know, brilliant knowledges in Islam and they can go out to meet other countries to, to, uh, to explore. And even though as a ambassador of the uh, Chinese, uh, the Republic of China government to introduce this uh, uh, religion and to, to get connect with the other countries during these days. So uh, mm -hmm. there were many scholars. The one of, uh, I think uh, the one of the famous and most people, Chinese or even the Middle East people used well-known, he's Ma Jian, Professor Ma Jian, who, who mm -hmm. translate the Quran to Chinese properly in those times. And now um, actually most Chinese are still using that translations, his translations to learn, you know, the meaning of the Quran basic and this that so on. So I think uh, this uh, period of uh, timing, it's quite uh, pleasure for Muslim and Islam during that time. Yes. Oh, you have the book. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really good time for Islam and the Muslim in those times. Wow, in China. yeah, beautiful. By the way, brother Bilal looks a bit like this guy in the picture. Yeah, is it must be the mustache? I think, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think kind of thing, yeah, yeah, he does have some resemblance to brother Bilal. <laughs> China's ha China have varied landscapes such as the plateaus, desert, grasslands, seas, long rivers, and forests that make the country a most beautiful and splendid scenic land. If those who haven't been there, do check it out one day. These scenes have inspired a lot of Chinese literature, poetry, and painting to flourish through the different periods of its history. China is a multi-ethnic and multicultural nation consisting of 55 ethnic groups. The Han Chinese is the most populous ethnic group, accounting for 93.3% of the country's population of more than a billion. The other 55 ethnic minorities account for about 6.7% of the population. Is that right so far? There are a lot of Hans, Chinese. I don't know the exact number, but... Uh... Oh, by the way... I was... Yeah. Oh, it's kind of picture. Back then... Yeah. Your, your, your voice went off. You dropped halfway. Am I, am I back? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, great. So... Um, there was this thing, uh, the flag of China at that time had five colors, and it rep represented Wu Gonghe. So this means like yeah. five races live in harmony. And one of those races was actually the, well, the Muslim race, basically. So I think it's important right. to notice, even though uh, there's a f uh, the percentage isn't that large, right? Mm, yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. All right. This is just uh, some uh, pictures of Chinese philosophers. Uh, that you might be familiar with. Confucius here is on the left. You got Lao Tzu and Sun Tzu in the middle. Sun Tzu is a general, right? He's the Sun Tzu Bing Fa, the one who wrote The Art of War. 
Okay, and then you have uh, Han Fei, and you got Mao Zi. Anything to add here, brother? I only recognize the first three people, but not the other two, not the last two. Okay, yeah, same here, so, same here. Actually, uh, <clears throat> just this is uh, from my viewpoint, huh? From my mm -hmm. viewpoint. Yes. And uh, among these scholars, the ancient Chinese scholars, could be some of them could be you know uh, the one who knows Allah or mm -hmm. that we can say some I mean, some of them could be you know uh, uh, Nabi okay but those followers of, basically followers of Tawhid right yeah. <laughs> yeah. but those you know they uh, you know they, their teaching their teaching is uh, uh, quite matched with Islam and uh, it is uh, uh, it, it is a part of it is a part of Tawhid okay and somehow mm -hmm in somehow so mm. that we uh we, you know we, we we cannot just say 100 percent who is who who was you know uh, a proper yeah. muslim who knows allah but majority you know their teaching is to 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 give yeah. people di direction to know their creator ah, yeah, yeah this I, is yeah, what i yeah. found and this yeah. is from my own yeah. view huh? yeah, yeah. yeah i wouldn't exclude that yeah I, I i'm also of the same view actually in fact um I think from my readings, uh, it said that Confu uh, Lao Tzu, especially, he has, he may have been a prophet. I mean, some some writings say that, but of course, we don't know conclusively, right? We don't really know that. But what right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. And a lot of scholars, actually, Western scholars, they do recommend books, uh, especially from Lao Tzu and Confucius, and those are Muslim scholars from the West. Mm -hmm. They have oh. recommended to read. Uh, some of their books and actually I've I've read one of the books of Lao Tzu before I have it at home and I find that a lot of his uh, quotations a lot of things that he says it's uh, you know if you were not to uh, read about him and if you were not to you know uh, know whether he's Muslim or not you will think that you are reading something that is Islamic so wow. yeah very fascinating wow. wow because yeah I mean over here they say that you know he's talking about Taoism right but um, I mean, from Lao Tzu, an ancient Chinese philosopher and writer, reputed author of the Tao Te Ching, the founder of philosophical Taoism and a deity in religious Taoism and traditional Chinese religions. Religions, yeah. But you say if you were to read um, some of the thing without knowing who the person is, you might think he's expressing Islam. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because Taoism was founded. I mean, the religious Taoism was not founded by him. It was founded by Zhang Tianshi centuries later, which made it like a, a religion full of gods. But his original philosophy did not talk about those things. It's ah. important to make that distinction: philosophical Taoism and religious Taoism. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know there's that. What's the difference? Uh? <laughs> philosophical and religious. The philosophical one basically is not a, a lot. It's the Tao Te Ching, right? The, the original text but it doesn't make mention of uh, that you have to worship the the jade emperor or that you have to worship all these sages the eight immortals the three purities you know it doesn't talk about these things so it's totally without these rituals that we associate with Taoism today it's it's oh. just two diff different things oh i didn't know that wow that's very insightful okay, by the way brother iskandar have been to a monastery and he learned kung fu before so <laughs> he he also Probably have read out a lot about that during his time there. It, yeah, not really. But <laughs> all right, next. Um, okay, 
the Great Wall of China. I think you you it's very famous, right? Everybody know. It's an ancient series of walls of fortification running more than thirteen thousand miles in length, located in northern China and arguably the most recognizable symbol of China. You can also see it up in space. Some say every year more than a ten million people flock to the Great Wall of China, making it one of the world's most populous tourist attraction. I wonder if it's still as popular during the pandemic. I'm curious. Don't know. <laughs> okay. Actually, yeah. actually, yeah. nowadays, no many people, no tourists, even the local people are suffering with the pandemic. Nobody can go. I mean, oh. you know, yeah, it's quite hard. It's quite hard. Maybe some of who live around, maybe they can, they will go. But most majority people are, you know, being busy and also the pandemic and you know there's no more business and coming so quite difficult suffering mm. as i know huh? <laughs> okay yeah yeah i, yeah, I think yeah, it would make you, sense makes sense mm. i wouldn't want to be locked down in the wall uh. that's why <laughs> what, <laughs> what? <laughs> no i mean if you live at the great wall and then they say lockdown you get stuck in the wall i mean <laughs> By the way, I know about some history that the wall, right? A lot of people die building this wall, you know? It's actually buried with the bones of many dead people here because they oh. were not fed well. They were all slaves building this wall for the Qing dynasty, right? No, yeah, Qing dynasty. But actually, there's a story about that. It's called the Wan Jiang Nu, Hu Dao Changsheng. It's, it's mm. like a woman's husband was conscripted to build the wall and then he went missing because he died and then she went to cry at the wall and the wall fell over that's the story oh the okay. wall fell over her no the the wall broke down because of her crying that was the story. oh okay all right very okay. interesting story here <laughs> <laughs> okay so here are some faces of children from 10 ethnic muslim minority groups they are the hui the uyghur the kazakh the tajik the uzbek the Tongxiang. Sala, Baunan, Tata, like Tata sauce, <laughs> I don't know Tata, and Kyrgyz. In China, there are 55 minority groups, including 10 Muslim groups as above. There are 10 ethnic minorities among 55 Muslim ethnic groups in China. Oh, sorry, this is uh, already mentioned here. Okay. So the Hui um, Muslims are widely spread all over China. And we have the Hui Hui Cultural Association here in Singapore. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, actually, okay. can I say one thing about the uh, the Dongxiang? Yes. The Dongxiang are super interesting because they're actually Mongols. Um, Mongols they're Mongols who converted. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. And the Salars are Turkic, like the Tatars and the Kyrgyz and the Kazakh. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Do you, do you like kind of recognize based on these faces and the dressing which one is which? I don't, but other more knowledgeable than me, maybe. I think okay. I would say the Uzbek is probably the one at the uh, top right, looking at the hat, because they got this hat shape. When I was oh. in yeah, the stand, for I example, did, yeah, I uh, yeah, recognized the, the kind of shape. Yeah, the cap. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. yeah the cap, which I have here, actually. I have it here. I have the cap here. Mm. Okay. So basically, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. huh? No problem, no problem. Yeah. Basically, the amount of the ethnic group Muslims in China, uh, 
that we can say majority, majority, uh, mix it, mix it with the Arabs, Persia, Middle East, West, Middle West, whatever. Majority are mixed. This mm. is how they come uh, from the uh, Tang and Song dynasty in the earlier. There are three, uh, there are two points, two places that uh, in the earlier of uh, Tang dynasty, the Muslim group settled it in, in, in those two points. The first point is the Xibei, then the, the uh, northwest, northwest, which is about uh, uh, 50,000 Muslims soldier, 50,000 Muslim soldier. Then mm -hmm. after they, you know, settle it, then they become the northwest, uh, the ancestor mm. from, yeah, from the Middle East. And the second group, they settle it in the Yunnan, the south, uh, the southwest part, Yunnan, around the Yunnan. Then this group, which is about uh, 20,000 20, soldiers, then they become later on, they become the southern west part Muslim ancestors. I see. So after that, it goes to the south is southwest uh is it go to the southwest then go to the north then muslims get you know uh, separated in all around the china so majority chinese muslim hui hui which is actually a mix it from many generations since the tan or earlier or something from tan actually it's mixed it until you know now a day then now become chinese chinese hui hui yeah. yeah. And uh, I would like to highlight one point in the Tan dynasty, in the Tan dynasty, in the earlier that Khalifa Usman when he sent a delegation to uh, Tan Gaozong to the Tan Emperor to uh, introduce or to contact him and uh, introduce Islam and the Quran and so on. And at that time, the Quran just you know, uh, after after Quran, con you know, uh, complete uh, publish it, and the Khalifa Uthman was revealed, uh, related to all over the world. And after that, he also sent a delegation to China with the Quran and other souvenirs to introduce Islam in the Quran. In that time, uh, when the delegation uh, meet the emperor, the emperor asked or Impara asked the, uh, some of the general to give any idea about the Khalifa Usman. Then they introduced him. They said he's uh, from, uh, uh, from Ta'if, from Ta'if. Ta'if is uh, quite famous from in Saudi Arabia. It's a place. Then the one who registered and he missed understand or he missed listen, okay, and then he write down in Chinese, Da Shi. Okay, no, he didn't mix writing. He write taif, taif, okay, in Chinese. But that that word in Chinese is uh, If you don't look it uh, properly, it looks like shu. Shu means the food, that letter. So people, after that, they read Muslims in China in that period, they call da shi or da shi zu, means means uh the arabs muslims mm -hmm. but later on later on people the uh, uh in song dynasty the uh the 
the descendants of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi And then when he entered to China, when he became uh, a leader uh, in the soldier, uh, in the soldier, when he he got the proper power, and then he heard people call himself and call the Muslims Da Shizu. Then he found this is not correct, and then he asked, he asked uh, the uh, the king uh, to uh, rename to Hui Hui. So okay. since that time, the Muslim name probably from Da Shi corrected to Hui Hui, but Da Shi actually it's it's a people this uh, the the Chinese people that they don't know majority then they misreading from Da Yi become Da Shi, but actually that letter Shi. Then you put on small circle, small dot above on the right side. Then we read it. This is in the tradition way. We read like this. But people, when they read, they remove that small dot. It becomes So get misunderstand or miscalling the name. So this is the point that happened in that story, in the history. Yeah. Wow. Learn something new here today. How the word hui hui come about also. Very rich, very rich history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually so weird because I think in Western scholarship they have been debating this for like uh, a while, and they thought, oh, maybe it comes from the word Tajik, right? Tajik, Tajik, but it's not the case, right? But yeah. uh, actually, people were mistaking it for Tajiks, but then they say, okay, but the capital of Tajik is Medina, so they're like, uh -huh. wait, wait, that's not Tajiks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but actually, that word it's we read Tai. Uh, in the traditional way, da yi with the one dot. But people normally we don't know and we don't use it, so we don't know. Misunderstand that mm -hmm. we read da shi, so we mistakenly call da shi zu. But when it changes to hui hui, it get quite uh, uh, quite meaning meaningful in the name of hui hui. What I understand is hui is double double kao, okay, one kao. Mouth. Hui hui, uh, yeah, with two mouths. Uh, one mouth, one hui means return back to Allah. Okay, return back to Islam means to know your Lord, understand your Lord, to believe your Lord. The second hui, the second mouth means return. When you die, return to Allah. So oh. this means two mouths. One hui is when you're alive, return to your Lord, return to Islam, believe in your Lord. After you dead, return to your Lord. So this Hui means that. So I what I found is the uh, prince that he, uh, the, the Safari, the descendant of the Rasul and he gave this name. I think it has quite big meaning to call all Chinese people return back to Allah or return back to know or to revert to Islam, to know more about mm -hmm. Islam. So since that time, I mean, this name actually it contains fully dawa meanings in inside. Hui hui, come back, means that. Wow, so beautiful! I like this story. <laughs> so, so maybe it means come back to the fitra, right? Uh, yeah, 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 fitra. yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. Hey, anyone else that? You got something? What based? Uh, what brother Isakma shared? You have some thoughts? Can add? No, I think you should just continue with the story. Oh, continue. Okay, sorry, telling yes. time. Back. <laughs> Wait, hang on a minute. Uh, what? What's going on? Okay, this way. Okay, got it. Next.
Okay. Each of the 10 minorities has its own culture, custom, and language, which make China a multicultural nation. Hua Er Flower Song is a periodical folk song among Hui Muslims who hold competitions in the spring season in Lingxia, Hui Autonomous Prefecture of Gansu. The Uyghur, Kazakh, and Uzbek are Muslim ethnic minorities who mostly inhabit the Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region and they are fond of playing competitive sports such as catching the sheep in riding. Music, dance, and other recreational activities have tremendously enriched the culture. Yeah. Okay. During the later years of the 19th century and the Cultural Revolution in 1996, 1966 to 1976, the whole of China suffered hardship. Muslims had also borne the suffering of its deterioration. However, China has revitalized following the open-door policy in the contemporary period. Accordingly, the Chinese Muslims enjoy the freedom of practicing their religion in the golden era. Wow, this one is like, I, I mean, I, I chose this photo because I see like so many people look like they're so well-dressed. Does anybody know the Chinese word up here in the, on the banner? Yeah. Oh. What does it say? Uh, something like. Oh, Ramadan. Uh, it's yeah. Yeah. Ah. Oh, that's what it means. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Silk Road. The Silk Road was an ancient network of trade routes formerly established during the Han Dynasty of China, which linked the regions of the ancient world in commerce between 130 BCE to 1453 CE. While many different kinds of merchandise travel along the Silk Road, the name comes from the popularity of Chinese silk with the West, especially with Rome. The Silk Road routes stretches from China through India, Asia, Asia Minor up throughout Mesopotamia to Egypt, the African continent, Greece, Rome, and Britain. Well, can this is I tried to find the ancient ones, but the map that I find is that I think kind of clearly shows certain things are here. You can see the Arabian Sea here. Um, and you can see the word Arabia. Some of them you can't see, you know, like words clearly. This is what I managed to find. I, I do have to mention though that uh, yeah. if you talk about the Silk Road, that uh, this kind of route was um, not really blocked, but it was uh, upset because Tibet was uh, very violent. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for a while, the most important route that connected Arabia to China was overseas and not by land. So I think they should be mentioned as well, because I don't see a line uh, crossing the south of India, right? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just what I wanted to add. Okay. South of India. So you should oh no, there's there's another line. It's called the Maritime Silk Road. Oh, you have another map, you mean? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, great. So this is this is by land and there's also one yeah. by sea coming up. Okay. The greatest value of the Silk Road was the exchange of culture, art, religion, philosophy, technology, language, science, architecture, and every other element of civilization was exchanged along these routes, carried with the commercial goods the merchants traded from country to country. I found a picture where you see a camel and Chinese uh, people in the past using the Silk Road. 
this is the maritime silk route brother as you can see it goes down even to south india and even singapore yeah. okay this is the yeah maritime silk route so early interaction between china and the islamic west is often understood within the context of the famed silk road the ancient highway that once stretched across central asia over many centuries this ancient trade route, in reality, a diverse collection of individual roads linking multiple locations across Asia, did indeed act as a conduit for the transportation of significant numbers of Muslims, both to and from China. The frequent consideration of this route, this role in its regard, however, obscures another and arguable, more important route via which Muslims frequently reached China, from the rise of Islam onwards. Muslims also traverse the long distance to China via the sea, along the Maritime Silk Road, stretching from the Red Sea to the southern coast of China. Yep. So this is, uh, I think, Emperor Zheng's boat. <laughs> there you go. Not not Emperor, huh? He was not an Emperor. Also Emperor, not Emperor, okay. Oh, General, right? He's a General. Uh, a general. I think it looks like Zheng Looks like Zheng He ship, huh? Yeah, yeah it's Zheng He ship. Yeah. And the ship <laughs> so, next to it is Columbus. Huh? <laughs> I mean, I think Marco Polo also used this route, right? Marco Polo. I think so. Okay. Anyway, back. Okay. The Chinese Buddhist monk, Yi uh, Jing, I think 635 to 713, provides the first definite reference to Middle Eastern people visiting China by the sea after the rise of Islam. In, 167, in 671, Yijing undertook a pilgrimage to Nalanda, the great Indian center of Buddhist learning. Setting out from China's chief port, Guangzhou, he traveled abroad a Persian Bozi merchant ship. Although he does not comment on the religion of those he sailed with, his journey began 20 years after the Muslim conquest of Persia, at a point when many Zoroastrians had already begun to embrace Islam. Plausibly, therefore, Yijing sailed alongside early Persian Muslim merchants who worked the maritime Silk Road to China. Anything to add from here? Or you want... I can yeah, go on there's here. another work. Uh, it's called yeah. the Jingxing Ji. And it's by a soldier who was... Or someone who was captured over the land route. And he lived in the Middle East for a while. But he did describe the religion of Islam. And he did uh, talk about how everybody prays five times a day. How everybody is veiled. And he did describe a religion. And it's around the same period, a bit later than this one. Um, but yeah, it's very early accounts, very accurate. But sadly, most of the book has been lost to us. Uh, and small sections of this book have been preserved in other books. So. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, next. According to traditional legendary accounts by Chinese Muslims, Islam was first introduced to China in 616 to 618 CE by the companions, the Sahaba, of Prophet Muhammad Sayyid ibn Abi Waqas, Sayyid Wahab ibn Abi Kapsha, and another companions. Uh, Wahab ibn Abi Kapsha, or Wahab Abu Kapsha, may have been the son of uh, Al-Harith ibn Ab al-Uzza. I hope I pronounced all this right. <laughs> also known as Abu Kapsha. It is noted in other accounts that... Oh, I can't see because my slide cannot cover it. Okay. 
uh, Wahab Abu Kapsha reached Canton by sea in 629 CE. Some sources date the introduction of Islam in China to 650 CE. The third sojourn or Said ibn Abi Waqas when he was sent as an official envoy to Emperor Kaozong during Caliph Uthman's reign. After triumphing over the Byzantine Romans and the Persians, Uthman ibn Affan, the third caliph, dispatched a de deputation to China in 650 CE. Uh, this, uh, sorry, what is this? 18 this years. Is, yeah. yeah, this is 18. Sorry, this is 18 years after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu death. The leader of the dispatch invited the Chinese emperor to embrace Islam. This event was also known as the official start of Islam in China. Anything that yeah did I is this like any more things that I've missed out? Or... Yeah, yeah think... it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Cool. Anyone can can anyone corroborate with this story with the? I mean, is this uh, accurate no. by historians? Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Uh, yes. But also no. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, right, no? <laughs> just want to add the uh, regarding the uh, the Sajum uh, Abi Wakas. Okay. Yes. Radiallahu uh, anhu. Actually, he's uh, one of the uh, Ashara Mubashara who was you know, blessed by the enter to the Jannah, promise it. Okay. And he's one of them. He's one of them. Yeah. yeah so, the uh, 10 companions. Yeah. The 10 companions promised paradise, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And he's one of them. And then do, during that period that he brought. Uh, prop up Islam to the uh, people of China in the beginning that they are not uh, opening to, to do the dawah to the local people in the earlier in the earlier the uh, they are coming first and second third and after that the more trader and the more uh, Islamic scholars and the other teachers or artists and that so on more and more coming then they began to do the dawah in the same time to find more uh, fortune or to find mm -hmm. more wealth to do the business. Then the dawah uh, to the local people is started, is established. Oh, yeah. Mashallah. Yeah. So, so to answer the question whether the uh, this is corroborated by historical sources, I think there are some histo historians who do agree with this, but. I think the majority consensus is that it is uh, difficult to prove with written sources. So that doesn't mean it didn't happen, but it's just that it's not uh, generally accepted writ by written sources. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we're here at the one hundred word eulogy. So this is where they find the the eulogy, like the real original one in China. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this inscription of the hundred word eulogy, which is Bai Zizan, is it Bai Zizan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's located at China's oldest mosque in Xi'an. You can find this uh, in Xi'an. Wait, so which one is older, Huaisheng or this one? I think Nanjing. One, one. It's called yeah. one of, but not the oldest. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> English, <laughs> English. <laughs> so no. Nanjing is the first one which uh, received this one, not uh, Xi'an, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nanjing is the first one who received by the, uh, yeah, who granted by the uh, emperor Zhu Yingzhang. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and actually, uh, uh, I hope I hope brother Iskandar can read it in Chinese. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a there's a, a part I have in Chinese, but uh, no. But worry, do you I'm want sure. us to read it out loud? Yeah, of course. Wait, okay. but you can't see it here clearly. I think the next slide you will see later. Oh, okay, great. Okay. Can read the next. Okay, okay. This hundred word eulogy. Okay, official court painting of Hongwu Emperor, the one on the left. Okay, reign in thirteen sixty eight to thirteen ninety eight A.D. Ming Dynasty, China. Mm -hmm. The hanging scroll color on silk painting is located in National Palace Museum, Taipei. Okay. Despite being a non-Muslim, Hongwu ordered the construction, the construction of several mosques in Xing, si, Xijing and Nanjing, the capital cities, and in southern Yunnan, Fujian, and Guangdong. He built the Jinjie Mosque in Nanjing and large number of Hui Muslim Chinese people moved to the cities during his rule. Hongwu also led the army that conquered the country and defeated the Mongol-led Yuan dynasty. He had 10 Muslim generals in his army, including Chang Yu Chen, Chang Yu Chun, Lan Yu, Ding De Xing, Mu Ying, Feng Sheng, and Hu Da Hai. In addition, Hongwu's spouse, Empress Ma, descended from Muslim family while the original number of Muslims rebel group led by Guo Zixin. Okay. It should be noted that this is heavily disputed by uh, general Chinese scholars. So Hui scholars say this is the case, but other Chinese historians say, uh, what are you talking about? So this should be added. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, now we come to the 100 way I don't know if you can see this. Is it clear? Is it clear? Uh, let me just look up. <laughs> do, do you want me to read it? I can read it, but I'll I'll do it from a different version uh, because I'll open up a tab. If yep. if you if you read it in Chinese, it will yes. be great. Then I sure. will read it in Arabic that I write it by myself. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, I'll do wow, it in wow. Please do, please do, please do, man! I want to listen to this. Yeah, I must, I must listen to this. Uh, uh, so, okay, uh, uh, Iskandar, I read in Chinese. I read it in English. Yes. And then brother is how can read in Arabic. Ah. Beautiful. Sounds beautiful. good. Okay. I do in French. I must do. translate. One day I'll translate it into Malay. <laughs> Inshallah. Inshallah. Okay. okay. Here we go. Uh, Bye. 普化众生, uh, sorry, what's the next one? 普化众生一,一照军师,万圣领袖,协助天运,包庇国民,五十其右,莫助太平,存心真主,家治穷民,拯救患难,动别幽民。动者幽冥,sorry。马沙华灵魂脱离罪业,人复天下,道观古今,降邪归一,降邪归一。降邪归一。降邪归一。降邪归一。降邪归一。降邪归一。降邪归一。降邪归一。降邪归一。降邪归
faith-preaching giant saint from west he is born, to receive Holy Scripture with thirty-part book to guide all creations, king of all kings, leader of the holy ones, with support from divine to protect his nation, with five daily prayers, silently hope for peace, with heart towards Allah, emperor the poor ones, and empower the poor ones, save them from calamity, see through the unseen, pulling souls and spirits away from all wrongdoings, mercy to the world, walking ancient crowned path, evil vanquish to one religion, pure and true, Muhammad, the noble high one. That's in English. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. Yeah, here is an Arabic version that I <laughs> translated by myself. Okay. Mundu an kolikal kaunu wal makhlukat kat kutipa ala ta'ayini huwa azimu sha'ani ta'iyah ilal haq maulutun fil gharbi liyatalaqal kitab al-munazzali thalathuna juz'an hudan lil'alamin mu'ayyinan Mu'ayyanan min rabbihi harisan li ummatihi Munajiyan rabbahu athnaa kamsi salawat Salaman wahudan ala al-umami Mu'minan bi rabbihi wa mu'inan lidhu'afai Wa inqadu kulli min man zulim wa muniha min al-balaya وَرَأَى الْغَيْبَ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ إِنَّهُ ذُو أَخْلَاقٍ قَيِّمَةٍ وَهُوَ مَعْسُومٌ مُرْسَلًا وَرَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ وَدِينُهُ عَلَى وَلَا يُعْلَى أَبَدًا دِينُهُ هَزَمَ مَا الشَّرَّ وَسَمَّاهُ إِسْلَامًا وَهُوَ مُحَمَّدُ الشَّرِيفُ الْكَرِيمُ Finish. Wow. So beautiful. Wow. Nice. Maybe I'm trying Malay. Come on, Malay. No, not now. Sorry. Next time. It is Brother Bilal. French. I should have translated in Malay before we joined. No, I mean, you know, this, what he wrote, the impara mm -hmm. that he wrote actually is quite touch your heart. Mm -hmm. And actually mm -hmm. it's declaring that he believe, he believe Islam, he believe Allah. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, a people or the uh, paper, when you go to find any paper approved, that's this, uh, did this uh, uh, impara was a Muslim or not, but you will not find it. Because in mm -hmm. that time, in his uh, period that he's trying to push muslim down mm. i mean he don't allow muslim uh, to to engage more islamic things instead he request muslim to become more chinese mm. in that time in his uh, empire uh, during that empire that he is trying to do that but i found or i mean some scholars that they say they, he has his own target to do so. It is 
very simple to protect the Muslim and to protect the Islam can go farther. That's why he, you know, requests uh, Muslims and to engage or to get married with the Han people and with non-Muslim and, you know, uh, then, Islam, then it's not that, you know, getting more. One. Yeah. So in that time that uh, he, in the same time, his policy is pushing down Islam, but in another way, he's building masjid. Mm. He's building masjid. Many, many masjid he's been built, and even mm. himself to write down as according the historian say that this poem or this hundred baizans uh, what he wrote it for the uh, masjid in Nanjing. But it's expressing that he actually is a Muslim or a believer inside of his heart. Even that I know when they are cooking, you know, their food, it's their own family or special person in charge. Nobody know what he eat. Mm -hmm. Okay. And actually he abandoned any general, any people around him to discuss his background and his religion. So do not ask my religion. So he don't want to tell people that I think probably he is a Muslim. And he don't want to people know. He want to keep it secretly, and he want to prove Islam to more father. Yeah, this is how you know quite in touch. Yeah, and that's why I know after I read his this hundred baizan that I try to just translate by myself. Then yeah, I hope you can enjoy. Everybody can understand it. Mashallah, I think the Arabic words you said are so very very nice. Even though I don't really understand, right? It sounds like it's flowing very, very smoothly. Uh, yeah. I hope, I hope, you know, there are someone mm. who who has high knowledge can give me some suggestion, maybe something wrong. But I did my, you know, I tried my best. Mashallah. Anybody to add also to the hundred word eulogy that you have researched on yourself? Yeah. So. Mm. Um, again, this is this is another point because uh, there are many people who don't believe that this was written by the emperor. Actually, uh, they believe that it was um, a fabrication from the Qing Dynasty, from a few scholars, uh, from a few uh, knowledgeable uh, Muslim scholars. But of course, th these are different opinions. Um, but whoever wrote this poem uh, was very knowledgeable of. Uh, is of the Islamic tradition because of certain references uh, he makes in the poem to uh, uh, Islamic traditions because for example in the first line um, he talks about the heavenly pen or, or that the universe was created uh, you know uh, by write, uh, writing about um, uh, the prophet right mm -hmm. and this is congruent with uh, a few Sufi traditions so it, it, it's very unlikely that whoever wrote this was not a Muslim. So if the emperor wrote this, he was probably Muslim, right? Um, mm. yeah, that's what I wanted to add. Mashallah. Yeah. Uh, anything else, brothers? Oh, just if you want to get this, what I, I, I just read in Arabic, mm. that you can go to my Facebook. I just posted <laughs> uh, one hour ago, okay? In my Facebook, mm. you can go Ishakma, then you will find it. Then you can just take it if you want it. Nice. I think I, I found two Ishakma. Oh. <laughs> okay. The handsome one. Uh, the one with scuff. The one with scuff. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay.
thank you. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, anything else, brothers? What? Okay. What? What? Nothing uh, hmm. much. Um, I. I mean, I. I did a brief search for for Malay translation. I found two Malay translations, but I'm not happy with it. So I'm going to translate it on my own later. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. We we we'll, we'll do right. the eulogy once more. I think somebody yeah. asking for a repeat. So we will do the Chinese reading again. Then I do yeah. the English. Yeah. Yes. How to do Malay? You, eh, how to do Arabic? You do Malay. Yeah. Inshallah. Yeah. Okay. Inshallah, maybe brother Jila. Yeah. 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 Inshallah. I'll try and correct the the existing ones because I'm not. I, I read both just now very quick reading and I'm not happy with the translations. Not very yeah. accurate. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I'm very yeah. curious to hear it in French too. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to hear it in French. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh. Okay. Hang on a minute. Back to the PowerPoint. Okay. Anyway, um, I've come to the end of PowerPoint. I'm just sharing with you some other calligraphy that I found in the book, which was really beautiful. Actually, you yeah, should all go nice. check out Chinese calligraphy written yep. in Arabic words, but it's uh drawn like Chinese calligraphy. I think in Singapore mm -hmm. you have some places which actually sell the Chinese calligraphic writings as well of Arabic words um, and they're really beautiful like you know um, I, I think I, I was also given one by the Hui Hui Muslims thank you so much <laughs> I haven't uh, framed it up yet but yeah I was given uh, yeah, I would one. love to have one yeah I would love to have one yeah I although I can't read these words lah. <laughs> but they just well, is, it, is, it, is it traditional because it's not simplified huh? It might be traditional Chinese, yeah, mostly. Oh. This is not Chinese, this is Arabic. Oh, it's Arabic. Oh, it's Arabic. Okay. Oh, it's Arabic. Yeah, Arabic. Okay. All in oh, Arabic. Arabic. Oh, it's yeah. Arabic. Oh, it's Arabic, but written in Chinese written in Chinese traditional style. way, writing. Oh, oh interesting. And the right side, the big one, the white, black and white one, quite small one that I cannot see, huh? The big mm -hmm. white, black and white is Bismillahirrahmanirrahim on the top. This mm -hmm. one that they usually, they call Yibi, mm -hmm. just one, one scripture just one pen then you go through to the end bismillah directly oh, so one stroke, one, it on, uh, on four. okay wow. so it's like one yeah. breath yes and the the the, the line under it which is uh which is uh i think it's from the ayatul quran from a part of the quran yeah mm -hmm. this is the ayatul quran and the on the left which is, a, I think, which is a Surah Al-Fatiha, which oh. is writing, if I'm not wrong, yeah, Surah that I can see is, yeah, Surah Al-Fatiha in, in, in the middle, okay, black and green. And mm. the rights and the red, red is Allah or Bismillah. Mostly is Allahu Akbar. Yeah, it could be Allah or Allahu Akbar. What I can mm -hmm. see is, is that. Yeah. So if you were to oh. read the Arabic's, word in calligraphy you read from right to left also that's like chinese uh, mostly actually it's arabic yeah we write it from right to left and but top cali down. in the calligraphy side that we don't have actually proper way to write it depends on uh, what what type of the calligraphy that you are writing but majority ancients traditional way arabian traditional way which is right from right to left and some of them you know, you can write from top to down, or you can mm. just mix up the words. Yeah, it okay. depends on the way, the style that you are writing. Oh. Some of them, it's opposite. So okay. it could be anything. But so majority is, is uh, from right to left. Okay. 
So yeah. it's also reading from top down here, is it? Am I supposed to be reading this way? Top down, right, left? Yeah, right to left and top to down. Ah, okay. So, okay. But it's strange how to write Arabic words top down because usually I see right, left only. Uh, actually, top to down is uh, the Arabs or the calligrapher. Uh, Arabs calligrapher, they write it top to down, mm. which is very simple and, and you know, use the uh, the their own pens to write. It's oh. quite nature. I mean, for those uh, who are you know experienced, who are really cal calligrapher, it's very easy for them. For mm -hmm. and for the Chinese calligrapher, it's uh, kind of easy for them as well because they used to write Chinese from the top to the end to the down. Mm -hmm. So they used to use that way to write. So when they write the Arabic, and very easy to use that way to write it. But the point is. If you know the Arabic, if you don't know, it's you know it will get wrong. And also, uh, for the Chinese, get familiar to write from the bottom, from the up to bottom, is because of the in China there's uh, other some language, ethnic language is quite similar writing way with this mm -hmm. calligraphy style. It's like Mongolian, okay? Mongolian and some ethnic group their way of writing is quite similar to this. So yeah. it's very easy in this concept for them to write in this way. It's um, funny you should mention this because Mongolian, or rather Manchu, comes from Mongolian, and Mongolian comes from Old Uyghur, and Old Uyghur comes from Semitic, like Aramaic, I think. And so they just turned the alphabet, they turned it on its side, then it became from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Mashallah. Okay, so uh, that's all my research for China. But anybody can share from China to Southeast Asia. I'm sorry, what? China oh, to from, Southeast from China Asia. to Southeast Asia. How long do we have? <laughs> no, we just just go on. I mean, like if uh if yeah. anybody needs to go off, it's okay. You can go off if it's too late. Yeah, I think yeah. I think we already uh got on the high point of this this, yeah. this session. Let's go. Now, shall I just kick off? I mean, yeah, um, just kick off. We already talked about Zhenghe, but actually, I think the story from uh, how Islam spread to Southeast Asia is a bit complicated um, because there are no, again, no scholarly consensus about when and how it spread. I think the earliest uh, evidence of Islamic settlement was in Champa in the south of uh, Vietnam uh, because of the Muslim grave that was found there, Lady Fatima, I think she was called. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, people have a few theories and the first theory is that islam spread to uh, southeast asia directly from arabia and this is an easy assumption to make because the trade route from uh, arabia to china goes through southeast asia so they just say okay they established trade posts there and they became muslim but actually there are no sources to really corroborate this so the second theory was okay so maybe it spread to southeast asia from uh, India, so the um, colonies, so the Muslim colonies which were built in India, they had Arab scholars um, and uh, uh, tariqas who went over to uh, Southeast Asia to spread um, Islam. Uh, this is plausible. Uh, and then there's a third theory which says that there were certain Chinese elements uh, involved in spreading uh, Islam to Southeast Asia. And this is because of the uh, Wali Songo's uh, legends um, usually from java who say that uh, the original 
uh, uh, saints, a few of them had Chinese names or Chinese last names. And uh, yes, they do talk about uh, a Chinese princess, for example, who came and converted a king, and then the king converted uh, the rest of Java. But that's only on Java, right? So it's it's. Um, I think most likely it's a combination of several elements. So the Muslim traders, the Chinese uh, original uh, Muslim traders, and also the Hindu uh, Arab, uh, uh, sorry, the Indian Arab communities uh, that spread to Southeast Asia. Oh, okay. Brother MENG, it sounds like you got something to share. So, <laughs> no, I mean, last time I heard the story was something about how the how the I don't they, they they sort of like exchange culture. They were also marrying the Chinese, right? The, the I'm talking about Malays in in Malaysia. Is, is that uh, actually actually the theory is pretty much similar with what Brother Iskandar just said. The three theories is the same. Mm. It's the same. Uh, no consensus because we don't have any evidence. Okay, mm -hmm. so yeah. um, but we know that uh, the earliest uh, the earliest uh, monument written monument about Islam is in uh, Trengganu, the Batu Besurat Trengganu, or the. Uh, can I can I share the screen? For yeah, sure. How do you, you okay. can share? Just go ahead. Uh, okay, wait, let me share the screen for Batu Besurat Trengganu, or I don't know what you call it in English, but but that's what we call it in in Malay. Okay, Batu Besurat Tengganu. So this is one of the earliest uh, memorials, yeah, a written memorial which mentions Israel. Oh, it's called Tengganu Inscription Stone. Okay, but I know it as Batu Besurat Tengganu. Okay, so this is the earliest uh, mention of Islam. This stone mentions the in in the peninsula. Okay, there's another um, monument. I think this is a, is a I think it's a tombstone in uh, Pasai in in Sumatra, where mm. he also mentions which is earlier than this. It's earlier than this yeah. stone, okay. But this is the stone which is uh, the earliest found in uh, the peninsula, okay, the Malay Peninsula. Yeah. So Islam came here quite early, and uh, of course we know about the the Malacca Sultanate. We know about uh, how uh, how you know the Sultanate uh, expanded, and then um, then uh, that was in I think in the 13th century, yeah, 13th mm -hmm. century, yeah, 13th to the 14th yeah. century. Right, and then uh, in the 15th century, then the Portuguese came and uh, conquered yeah. Malacca, and the rest is history, lah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, uh, so basically, um, so this basically this is the earliest stone that we, uh, this is the evidence that we have. Okay, for Islam. And I think it's important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Important to uh, sorry, I cut you off. Were no, you it's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty much done. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, you mentioned Sumatra. I think Sumatra is a very important uh, point uh, in southeastern Asian. Uh, Islam, I think uh, it was one of the first places that the Muslim trade is settled, right? Um, and there's one settlement, uh, it is mentioned as Kala in, in Muslim sources, and there's so much debate about what Kala actually was, right? And so oh, okay. people have, okay. yeah, I don't know if you know. Yes, I do, I do. Kala, yeah. some people say Kala means Kedah, the, the state of Kedah, the northern state of Kedah, which is yeah. now called Kedah, okay? This is the old, older name for Kedah, okay? But some so people say it's also Kedah. Yeah, but okay. That's one theory. There's so many theories, you see. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's all in the same area, right? So on the on the uh, on the Malay Pen Peninsula. Yeah, so. the northern part of the Malay Peninsula. Yeah, yes, exactly. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but then I wanted to talk about the uh, influence that Zhenghe had on the spread of Islam in Southeast Asia, right? Because this is another part that is quite interesting. So Islam was already uh, present in Southeast Asia, and it was yes. already spreading. Yes. But it reached a kind of a deadlock because of the pirates in the region. 
So it was difficult for scholars to get around. So the spreading uh, was hard. And also the remnants of the Hindu uh, empires, such as uh, Srivijaya, Majapahit. Uh, Majapahit, yeah, uh, yes. Majapahit. Srivijaya, yeah. Majapahit. Yeah. Exactly. So they had like, they stemmed the tide of Islam, right? So uh, what Zhenghe did was he appointed a certain person as the king of uh, Malacca. And um, then he. That's not actually the narrative that I know. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's uh, actually, okay, yeah, okay, so it's not Zheng who appointed him, right? It's actually the I emperor. Know, no, it's, uh, okay, this is what this is what I know. Okay, from my okay. own, I was my Malaysian sources, which I've learned in secondary, yeah. right? Secondary school. System. This is yeah. the official version. Okay, so basically, um, uh, it's what you said. There's pirates in the in the region, and uh, China yeah. wanted to. Uh, uh, form relations with uh, Malacca at the time. So mm -hmm. Malacca was a powerful nation at the time yeah. and uh, it was a trading entreport. So uh, China wanted to establish relations with uh, the, the Malacca kingdom, the Sultanate. So they sent Zhenghe as as uh, as the ambassador to yeah. to Malacca. That's, that's how the story goes. And he brought with him, uh, the, the, the legends here say that he was a princess. It was a Chinese princess. So, yeah, yeah, so right. he brought he brought the princess. Uh, locally, we know her as uh, uh, the princess Hang Lipo. Okay, mm -hmm. I, I know that the name doesn't exist in 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 Chinese sources, but this is what local stories say. Okay, so this Hang Lipo followed uh, Zheng He together, or or Cheng Ho as we know him in in the local uh, in the local stories. So he bring yeah he brought him here her here, uh, and he established relations with uh, the Sultan of Malacca. And uh, this uh, princess Hang Lipo was married off to the to the Sultan, so the right. Sultan has a has a Chinese bride. Yeah, so this is the story. And until today, there is this uh, there is this hill until today in Malacca called Bukit China, or if you translate it, it will be Chinese Chinese mount, Chinese hill. Okay, China yeah, hill. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, um, is um, because the this uh, it is said according to legends that the that this uh, princess Hang Lipo and her entourage. She, the the the, the sultan uh, built a, a a place of dwelling or a living space there. I'm not really sure at this yeah. at this mountain. So that's why this called was this mountain until today, or this small hill until today is called Bukit China. Okay, oh, as a testament to this. Yeah, but that, like I said, this is not. Um, I think brother Iskandar knows this. Um, there's no record of this putri Hangli Po anywhere in Chinese right. sources. You see? So right. that's the problem. But that's but that's the, the thing is this is very much well known and this taught to us in in our school. In, yeah, our, yeah. in school. Yeah, it's yeah. in our history lessons. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the uh, thing I mentioned about him, the, the king being appointed by a Chinese emperor, I think this is from the Chinese perspective. I think this is maybe not um, I think by maybe the there is some relation to that. Maybe uh, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, um Zheng He did send a sort of a letter of accreditation uh, to the to yeah. the Sultan, I think, and the Sultan gave him a sort of a, a tribute to the to the yeah. to the to, for for him to return to the Chinese Emperor. So maybe there is some relation there. Maybe that's the that's the thing that the sources yeah. are referring to. Yeah, but Chinese are always, you know, the Chinese source always speak of appointing other people as their vassals. So I'm not surprised <laughs> at this, you know. Yeah. But uh, are yeah. you talking about Megat Iskandar Shah or the one before him? Uh, I'm talking about the one after him, which is Sultan. Uh, oh, I think it's Sultan uh, Mahmud Shah, if I'm not mistaken. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah Mahmud yeah. Shah. Yeah, he was the he was the most powerful of all of all the uh, the line of Malacca kings. He was yeah. his reign was the most uh, prominent, Sultan Mahmud right, Shah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah.
but I think it's important to to note uh, or rather to place uh, the the influence of the peace in the region, right? Because of the of the Malacca Sultanate of its rise, that Islam was able to spread so. Um, I won't say violently because it's a nasty word, but uh, able to spread so widely throughout the uh, Nusantara region, right? But, uh, yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. That's, uh, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, huh? Uh, is there any special name for the Muslim in the Southern Asia? Like Chinese Muslim in China, it known as Hui Hui or known as a Muslim or something, you know, there are some identity. So is there something special name like this in in the Southern Asia places? Uh, if you're talking about Malaysians, no, we don't, we don't. Because you see, um, uh, if anyone who comes to who converts to Islam, he's considered to be a Malay. Automatically, oh. you're, you're assimilated in, as part of the Malay community because Malays are the majority in the country. So once you become a, if you are you are a Chinese, you are of Chinese ethnicity, or even if you are of Indian ethnicity or whatever ethnicity apart from the Malays, once you convert to Islam, you are considered to be a Malay. So that's so, why you know in Mayu. So yeah. Hui Hui, as yeah. a Chinese Muslim, so Malay in Malaysia yeah. is as a, as a Malay Muslim. Exactly, exactly. As if you, you have entered, so like, like for example, I think in China, if you convert to Islam, you will be considered as uh, entering the Hui, right? Being part yeah, of Hui, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's yeah. the same thing here. So uh, once you convert to Islam, you're considered as Masuk Melayu or you enter, you become part of the Malay race. Yeah, so like it's right to say if you go to China, you become Muslim. Let's say, let's say a Malay who is not a Muslim go to China, become mm -hmm. uh, reverted to Islam, he become uh -huh. a Masuk Hui. He becomes a Hui. Masuk Hui. Yes. He <laughs> becomes the Hui religion. Yes. Yes. Correct. Right. That's uh, how it so, is. It's the same yeah, thing. I here. mean, theory and this concept. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But, the the know, concept. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So, brother right. Fidel, are you now Malay? Huh? Are you Malay now? No. I oh. still have a lot of Chinese uh, roots. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think. Uh, for us, uh, in Singapore, we don't really have that. Uh, absorbing into culture kind of thing. Like I in see. a sense. Yeah, because uh, we, we, we we understand and respect the multiculturalism here. So even, uh, you know, if you are going to a different religion, uh, that identity of the culture that you are brought up with, you can still live with it wherever your religion permits, permits it. Uh. Yeah. So, just, just, yeah. so, way, so one a, example yeah, is our yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but by the way just as a disclaimer i don't agree with this masuk melayu thing eh, by the way yeah, 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 I, yeah. I distance myself yeah. from it okay but yeah. unfortunately this is what the majority uh does okay so yeah, mm. yeah. but i i think i think it's also probably a misunderstanding it's like mm. you might misunderstand as a nationalistic change instead mm. of okay uh, you you took it as a racial thing when yes, it meant exactly. to be a nationalistic exactly. thing Wait, national nationalist with yeah na national racialism thing yeah yeah, yeah. because because for example right when i say i'm chinese in the west people think i'm from china mm -hmm. they wouldn't think that i'm talking about my ethnicity chinese mm -hmm. like i my nationality is singapore singaporean right mm -hmm. so my country is singapore but i my roots are from china of course my mm -hmm. ancestors are from china but mm -hmm. i reckon i identify myself as a singaporean chinese so mm -hmm. So, so I think when you say that you became you embrace Islam in Malaysia, you masuk Malayu might actually mm -hmm. mean that you became a Malaysian, that 
quote unquote, you know, Malaysian. Quote unquote, yeah. Quote unquote. In the passport. But identify you. But I think. Yeah, uh, it's like sort of identify you from. Uh, you you went to Malaysia to become a Muslim lah. Maybe that was how they framed it lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but the idea that uh the majority of uh the Muslims in Southeast Asia are Malay is true, because uh we have Malaysia yes we have Malaysia majority is Muslims and Malays and also we have the huge bulk of Indonesians which are mm-hmm. also the highest population oh, of by, by the way in, in, in by, yeah by the way in Malaysia yeah. we, so we Malaysia that's why we got, that, that, yeah. that stereotype is there or yeah that that yeah, narrative yeah, is there yeah, lah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, by the way, um, you know, we Malaysia, we the Malaysia in Malaysia, we regard Indonesia, Indonesians, Indonesians who are Muslims to be Malay, and we regard Brunei Malays to be uh, Bruneians to be Malay. Even though you know, you know, in Indonesia there are so many ethnicities uh, who are Muslim and not Malay, and we Muslims in Malaysia we will regard them as Malay. So it's like one whole bulk of the Malay race. You see, so that is but why the Indonesians will regard your guys yeah, as Indonesian. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know the Indonesians will regard us as uh, Malays, uh, Malays, <laughs> yeah, Malays. Even yeah. though in Malaysia there's so many ethnic, there's Javanese, there's Banja, there's there's so many other sub races, ethnic ethnicities who are Muslim here. You see, uh-huh. so um, yeah, so the like the Javanese, like the Banja and the mm. Boyan, everyone has been absorbed into the great Malay Malay term. You see, so on my IC is written Malay, even though ethnically speaking, I'm not actually a Malay. You know. So what are you? <laughs> okay. I'm Japanese. Right, right, yeah, okay. Wong but, but like, <laughs> I found but this interesting. I, yeah, yeah, but, uh, but 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 my IC will be written as Malay, and I'll be identified as a Malay. Yeah, that's how it is. I saw an interesting comment by Hazel Z. He's and I don't know. It's a I think it's a lady. I guess Hazel, right? It basically means they got the same rights as Bumi Putra for converting to Islam. Uh, no, not true, not true. Not just true. because you are no, not true. Because just because you converted to Islam doesn't mean you're, that you are Bumi. There are non-Muslim Bumi in Malaysia. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, there are there are non-Muslims who who got the same rights as a Bumi because they are Bumi Putra. Okay, so it's not mm-hmm. true. This is a myth, actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I think that's why the, the the topic of today is very important. Uh, because uh, there is still a lot of misconception. Since you already talk about all those things, right? Uh, it's applicable to me as well because many times I take a taxi in Singapore, you know, uh, when mm. I share my story about being a Muslim now and uh, the taxi driver, most of the time, uh, you know, uh, Singaporean Chinese will tell me, oh, you became Malay. And uh, <laughs> I, I share with them, uh, no, I'm not Malay, I'm French, but I'm Muslim. And then they get confused. And yeah. then I tell them that actually Islam is a universal religion. And yeah. uh, I, I did share with them that even in China, uh, Islam is very big. And then uh, always the uncle, you know, those taxi drivers, they get the shock of their life when they hear that, oh, there is Islam <laughs> in China, you know, and they, they are very, <laughs> oh, you know, they're very, very surprised that they, they never encountered that before. So I think, uh, you know, it is very important for us to share more on this because people need to know that it's it's above and beyond all of this. And it's just a universal region it's for everyone uh, without any limitation. MashaAllah. Yes, you remember right. the... The last sermon of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yeah, is uh, Islam is universal. It's not you know not what Arab is higher than us. No, you know whether you're black or white, it's not it's not considered uh, by Allah as as a differentiation factor. It's more about our piety, right? Uh, that yeah, yeah. that differentiates us 
yeah that's why i always try to distance myself from this Nasuk melayu thing for me you know anyone who comes to islam is a muslim automatically yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean i just went to hui hui cultural association today and yeah. some of them shared with me their stories when they were like you know i think it seems to be like a lot of taxi rides actually <laughs> mm-hmm. this lady she's chinese she's wearing a hijab uh, covering everything you know the moment she entered the guy started speaking to her in malay <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh I mean, I think I'll get right? Oh Everywhere. My, oh my yeah. and, and, and then, and what will happen if she answers in Mandarin? <laughs> no, then she was like smiling at him and then said, I, I, in English, she said, I don't speak Malay. <laughs> no, but you, you Malay, right? You Malay, right? And then she said, no, I'm Chinese wearing a tudong, like wearing a hijab. So, wow. so I, I only speak Chinese and English. I, I don't know Malay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's another it's story. Same. Was uh, another story was uh, at a bus stop. Um, yeah. Then this, I think this is Indian girl beside her. Who, I think Muslim, but she's very young. She don't know much about this, so probably she just looked at the lady and spoke to her in Malay. But it's a Chinese lady who's wearing oh, okay. a hijab again. Okay. Okay. And then this little girl said, "Eh, speak to her in Malay." And she said, "I don't understand what you're saying." And then he said. But you Malay, right? I said no, no. You do bluff people. You bluff people. You know, you bluff people. So she was like insisting that the yeah. lady was lying to her or something. Yeah. Until a Malay party. Un- unfortunately, Malay she will get the same experience if she comes to Malaysia. It's the same thing. She'll be treated the same way. She will, we will be speaking to her in Malay if she we, if we didn't know that she's uh, non-Malay. No, but you know it can go as bad. Uh. okay. There's stories where it's as bad. Uh, when a Chinese uh, lady who's uh, Muslim enters yeah. a mosque and pray. And sometimes they have other Chinese uh, Muslims there. So they naturally speak their mother tongue, right? They'll speak Chinese or they'll speak their dialect. Okay. And then the people there suddenly treated them bad. Like they pour water in their shoe and say, why are you oh. in the mosque? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's horrible. I don't think we, yeah. we have that kind of incident in Malaysia. Alhamdulillah, no. We don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where, the, where it is, but I know apparently there are experiences like that when people do not know that a different race can embrace Islam. And when they see a Chinese and who is a Muslim entering the mosque and they thought that why are you here, you know, pretending to be a Muslim, pretending to be Malay or whatnot, <laughs> entering a mosque and they just forbid yeah. them from entering the mosque, which is a bit, yeah. you know, off-putting uh, when you want to actually go and pray. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, actually, this is in- interesting because there are some mosques, uh, at least in Netherlands, it's very uh, common for uh, Dutch people to be like interested in Islam, right? And then so they ask, they call beforehand, can we take a look in the mosque? Can we take a look when you're doing the prayers? And usually mosques are accommodating. They say, okay, please come and you can look, even though you are not Muslim, you can go, uh, you can sit on the sides during prayer, right? But I, I, w- I was wondering if this is common in Southeast Asia or in Malaysia or in Singapore. Is this... Sit on the side of the mosque. I'm sorry, what? Why do you say sit on the side of in the mosque? So, so that non-Muslims are allowed... Oh yeah, yeah, it's common. Yeah. So in 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 yeah. in, uh, uh, in our mosque, it's open to public. You can come in, but just that if you're not a Muslim, you just have to observe certain things, like you know, covering yeah. up. Uh, they'll yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. put some information before you enter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same. It's the same thing in Malaysia. Yeah, we have like I think there's a tourist like tourist information booth. Where, you know, if the non-Muslim, let's say if there's a non-Muslim lady who comes to uh, to the mosque, uh, usually the the most famous tourist spots would be the the Putrajaya Mosque or 
the Federal Territories Mosque or the Sha'ala Mosque. These mosques are very famous. Uh, the National Mosque. So these mosques are a very famous mosques in Malaysia, which uh, which has a lot of uh, tourist crowd. This is before mm -hmm. the pandemic. So there's usually there's a tourist booth, and then there will be you know a long rope for non-Muslims to wear before they enter the praying hall. Yeah, to, you know to to cover the aura, of course, yeah, okay. for the non-Muslims. It's the same actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it it's been like you know many years in Taiwan and Hong Kong. Uh, Muslims are trying to introduce to during this uh, short visiting uh, inside of the mosque and to uh, to to re to give them any uh, ideas about Islam. Mm -hmm. So uh, until now, I, I mean, there are quite several of people uh, after they visit the mosque and that they could understand the reality of Islam. And uh, I hope, I hope in the in you know in different uh, places that people they could uh, do the same and also the uh, I mean open-minded, huh? even yeah. they see a Muslim or uh, see a Chinese or you know any any other nation impressed to Islam, then please give them you know some some space. I mean respecting. So I hope yeah. everybody have their own uh, religion or their faith, and uh, I hope you know people respect each other i mean in yeah. here in uh, england people actually is quite understanding about islam because here we have large number of muslims here around especially in the, the west midland okay in the middle part of uh, england that you will see uh, many muslims around but chinese muslim is quite rare okay uh, maybe quite quite of you know uh, a few times that if I enter the masjid, people will look at me as a I don't know because majority are different nations. Uh, the Chinese Muslim or the you know face look very Asian, Oriental. Mm -hmm. That quite mm -hmm. rare to see inside of the masjid. Uh, yeah. But alhamdulillah, still you know people understand. <laughs> yeah, brother Isakma, you were going to share something earlier. Sorry, we kind of interrupted about no. uh, the stories about you were saying about similar experiences that you had um, uh, as a Chinese and entering um, a mosque or something people would oh yes it is uh, I mean they are uh, in in Taiwan actually we say in, in Taiwan there are several mosques that opened it daily opened it for the uh, tourists coming to visit mm -hmm. but certain mosques they don't open it Okay, it depends on the mosque. Not every mosque can accommodate because every mm -hmm. mosque they have their own uh, 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 managers or they have they mm -hmm. have their own uh, board to run and this maintenance. They have different arrangement. Mm -hmm. In Hong Kong as well, there are you know big masjid or big mosque like Kowloon Masjid and One Thai Masjid that always you go there. You know, at least one or two people they are willing mm -hmm. to introduce to you or to give you a time or a place to sit down and to mm -hmm. observe the muslim prayers and to observe the all obligatory that muslim are doing during this time uh, it's it's quite i mean uh, quite quite good in this uh, part of a uh, uh, way to introduce islam and especially uh, people nowadays they are actually uh, being busy to do not have time to know more about other religion or culture and when they go you know across by at the masjid or across by the islamic center they could enter anytime mm -hmm. so in hong kong that there are many people they, when they come 
or when we go to uh, introduce, like you know, and there is a masjid in the uh, in the in the half of mountain in Hong Kong, the oldest one hundred and thirty years more, and that masjid it's uh, a tourism place. Actually, there are hundreds of pe people daily they are coming and visit daily are coming and visit, and actually we don't have a proper person to introduce. But these days there is one uh, Mr. Haji uh, Haji Ma. Okay. And he is trying to do by himself. And also now there are another brother, sister join him to introduce every weekend, you know, to, to sit there and to welcome everybody, every to tourist to come in and introduce Islam. And regarding this uh, 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 movement, I hope that we as a Muslim, we have, uh, we have you know, that uh, uh, duty to introduce people around us, especially our families, uh, the neighbors, uh, with a way of uh, a gentle, okay, with a mm -hmm. real, uh, uh, love way. Do not mm -hmm. use any you know, <laughs> way to introduce yeah. Islam and do not ask anybody to accept your opinions in yeah. the, any time Every, because everybody has their own opinion. But yeah. I wish, I wish everybody can do you know, as a, as a individually, as a good Muslim to separate yeah. the love of Islam to the neighbors first, then inshallah, everybody will come into your masjid. And even they don't come to your masjid when they come to your home, that mm -hmm. if your home become like a masjid welcoming people and to uh, well uh, mm -hmm. uh, observing the Islam in your house, then any person when they come to your house it's like they go to the masjid it's the same so yes. we would like to request you know brothers and sisters please keep islam in your daily life then can share with anybody come to your home do not just wait until they go to the masjid then you go to do as a volunteer i tell you these days it's a pandemic nobody goes to masjid okay so <laughs> yeah just take the opportunity you know, uh, being a good Muslim, then inshallah, uh, introduce the Islam by the good way to your friends, mm -hmm. whoever come to your home or who around you. Very good advice, brother Isakma. Wow, yeah. I think yeah. that's very well Thank said. You. you know, uh, on the sh regarding that that part you say about um, making your making a home, you know, inviting so people feel like you know they have entered a masjid. I I went to order some uh, what do you call it chicken mandi and lamb mandi this is a it's a dish I, I have to go and collect it from this lady house and she she does home cooking so when i i take away the food right i enter the house like wow it's so beautiful it, it feels like i'm in a mosque so because there's like carpet there's turkish seat that you can sit down and then mm -hmm. she has like beautiful framed up pictures and all that of uh you know even calligraphic words and stuff and even the the whole the look of the kaaba and everything so i felt like wow i like you know entered a, a mosque or so <laughs> and and the experience was just beautiful sometimes they even have scented you know uh smell when you enter the, the house and you feel like mm -hmm. suddenly you're in arabia or something you know and it's just like very nice yeah mashallah mashallah all right so okay any any more things to add brothers um i just like to uh i mean sounds like we are ending things off right <laughs> yeah unless you got some more. yeah but but uh no like no i just like, like to like uh share my appreciation that 
for the longest time uh, in, that I can remember, you know, we were always, or I was always had this understanding that Islam came to the Nusantara through Arabic traders. Lah. But uh, this narrative of uh, Chinese spreading it from Chinese south through the South China Sea into Nusantara, that is new to me. And uh, yeah, as 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 I'm being exposed more to this narrative, it sounds more and more plausible. And I think yeah, that that yeah, both can exist at the same time. I I really like. Mm -hmm. Actually, I got a question though. I have a question for maybe Isakma. Maybe he has the knowledge behind this, brother Isakma. Like you know, how did I mean? Like China has so much. Uh, influence with the Islamic culture in the past, right? How did it all suddenly become so, you know, like just like in how the media shows it, a country that is communist and, you know, locked up or something. How did it got from that point to this point? And it's like open trade and everything. Uh, can you please repeat the question? I mean, oh, the okay. main, main question. The main question is, uh, China used to be very open they opened the trade and yeah. very diverse. Mm -hmm. uh, Islam, you know, was also in China. But you know, how how did it ev eventually become a place where you know people only see it as a communist country, uh, a country that doesn't even want to open up so much? Uh, actually, and actually, you know, many people they have their own opinion or their own view uh, by this. Uh, in in this viewpoint okay but for this is this is for every person they have their own view especially for those who live in, in china mm -hmm. uh, some people they feel that is is uh, the way of that they are living is perfect 100% perfect or more than 100% or more than 200% perfect their war it's open they are tr uh, trading it's open they are connecting with all over the world by trading but mm -hmm. in somehow in somehow uh, for some people who is you know suffering that uh, they they are facing some trouble or they are facing economically trouble or other you know trouble that they will feel that uh, actually Islam it's, uh, is, or as a Muslim, it's not that uh, suitable or it's not that, uh, um, it's not that friendly, okay, treated by some uh, people. So for those people, actually, uh, they feel that uh, these days, actually, Islam, it's, uh, it's not that welcome. It's not that welcome by the society or by the big environment in that place okay but in certain place in certain place uh people who are living in the wealth wealthy and they are living in the really uh, really good situations they can perform religion perform any uh, trading so they don't feel anything they don't mm. feel anything they just feel that their life is totally perfect but from other countries' viewpoint or from other places, people's viewpoint, it's totally different. Then you are not easy to contact them. You are not easy to reach what you want or you are not easy to get what you want to know about them. And people get started to uh, feel that why so difficult by, you know, just a simple thing that I want to know regarding them or regarding this, then why should I don't know? what happened 
or what is the you know the way that they are treating so these all are make people are scared or you know just ignore them or just feel that i don't want to get close or feel that they are not that friendly they are not that open but in the same time they are open they are saying that they open all market or they are open or uh, all the uh, trading with all over the world but in somehow there are some limited between these or trading or between these or uh, any informations mm-hmm. or the, for the details that i think uh, i don't you know, I, I I cannot give you all the details. Uh, you know, regarding this all detail, I think everybody can go on to the uh, you know BBC or the, you know, the <laughs> news. You will get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. very uh, very huge, very huge number of the news related to you know they open or they close it. But personally, personally, it is uh, uh, so sad for a. Uh, some uh, uh, a religious part that Muslims or any other religions in some places on sometimes you know cannot uh, uh, um, uh, cannot engage fully okay cannot engage fully you know some their own duties so uh, this is I think uh, we 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 hope in the future you know uh, will be more better and also. Uh, the government will help people to you know go further in worldwide in religion wide trading wide or business wise whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah inshallah inshallah, inshallah. inshallah. Yeah. Things but yeah. brother fidos i actually yeah. think you you said okay china is open to islam but i actually think there is a there's a bit of a misunderstanding there because mm-hmm. as as brother ishaq uh, said earlier the Ming Emperor, he also made the Hui people assimilate with uh, with the Han people, oh, right? Yeah. So and and then the policy came of uh, Suoguo. So he, uh, the subsequent emperors, they closed China to after Zhenghe. They actually forbade this maritime trade, and that policy was continued into the Qing Dynasty. So yeah, this openness, I think, it was more of a feature of Tang Dynasty China. So earlier centuries and later it became more closed and more closed so i don't know if it's entirely inaccurate to say that it's not very open to uh, other cultures actually <laughs> it's not only the religion of islam yeah, uh, yeah. you know as, as uh, the muslim are assimilated to other nations every culture every uh, religion in 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 that uh, in, in in the ancient you know like you know uh, the other religion coming from outside uh, there are several religion even the uh, uh, the uh, Jewism even the Jewism okay came to China in earlier earlier timing and but you know until that uh, they couldn't survive in China okay they couldn't survive for longer and disappear the other religion from Persia also also entered to China in earlier time they couldn't survive but islam survived it because of the muslim they influenced it and the uh, uh, by the local chinese zhu culture zhu culture and then assimilated then they you know could survive until now islam as a hui hui in china but the mm-hmm. other religion are quite you know many religion have disappeared become a ground underground religions so these mm-hmm. days i think it's the quite the same with the 
as the brother Iskandria said that you know uh, it, the policy okay it's getting uh, quite <laughs> you know, quite same to go back through hundred years more and before so maybe the policy it you know uh, give it a uh, granted people a different you know situation a different future that I don't know <laughs> okay. Yeah, mashallah. Thanks for sharing that, brother Isakmar. Um, so any more things to add to our brothers? No. Okay. So okay, guys, we cannot cover India because <laughs> I think that one will have to be part two. Maybe there's going to be more. Yeah. 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 Uh, India, India is a bit more complicated history. Yeah, it's quite longer than than this. Yeah. 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 Really Maybe we find yeah. someone with the proper subject matter expert for South India. Like yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree, I agree. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, I myself are yeah. not very confident in it as well. Yeah, I'm not very familiar with the Indian history. We, we, we are open to historians uh, who who have more knowledge than us, definitely, right? To come on yeah. the show. Uh, you can just DM me on Instagram and say that, uh, give a bit of your experience and stuff. Maybe we can plan something and have you on the show to share uh, history, part of, uh, of, of uh, Islam in India. Yeah. So um, we are coming to the end. Uh, guys, ready to do the eulogy one last time before we go? Okay. Not me. I do everything wrong. <laughs> okay, no, no, okay. no. It's not round. It's not round. It's not round. Yeah. This is not round. This is what you... If you just try to read it in a couple of times, you get used to. That's it. Yeah. 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 Don't worry. Okay, so, so this is the 100-word eulogy. Okay. By uh, Zheng He. Hey, sorry. Uh, yeah, this is a hundred word eulogy. Okay, um, I will be saying it in English. Uh, Brother Iskander will be reading it in Chinese, so he'll go first. Um, and then Brother Ishakma will translate it in Arabic. Um, Brother MENJ, are you ready? You can try Malay. Yeah, okay. I'll, I think I'll read the Malay version that I have here, but I'll modify a few words because okay. I think I still think it's not really that accurate. Some of the words, yeah. Okay, Brother Bilal, and Brother Bilal. <laughs> oh, okay, he's muted. But I think maybe he went to the bathroom or something. Okay, we'll start first. Maybe uh, Brother Iskandar, you can read in Chinese then. Wait, 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 wait before you go, for those who, for for those who you know don't know about this hundred word eulogy or didn't you know, is just tuning in now. Okay, it's an inscription of. The 100 word eulogy is located in Xi'an, okay, and um, it's basically a. Yeah, let me see. Okay. So um, it's, it's a 100 word eulogy praising Allah, Islam, and the Prophet Muhammad, وسلم, written by Hong Wu, also known by his given name as Tu Yuanzang, and he was the first emperor of the Ming dynasty who ruled between 1368 to 1398 CE. Okay, so here we go. Brother Iskander. Wait, can I first, can I say something? Yes. Uh, there are actually three mosques uh, where it is located in, right? One in uh, Hangzhou, uh, Nanjing, and also in Xi'an. But that's beside the point. Okay. 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 So there's um, a few this. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's get started then. Qian Kun Chu Shi, Tian Ji Zhu Ming, Chuan Jiao Da Sheng, Jiang Sheng Xi Yu, Shou Shou Tian Jing, San Shi Bu Ce, 普化众生,依照军师,万圣领袖,协助天运,保庇国民,五十起右
，莫足太平，存心真主，家治穷民，拯救患难，洞彻幽冥，超凡灵魂，脱离罪业，人富天下，道贯古今，降邪归一，教民清真，穆罕默德至贵圣人。马沙沙拉。All right. So in English, the translation is the 100-word eulogy. Since creation of universe, heaven has already appointed faith-preaching giant saint. From west he was born to receive holy scripture with 30-part book to guide all creations, king of all kings, leader of holy ones, with support from divine to protect his nation. With five daily prayers, silently hope for peace. With heart towards Allah, empower the poor ones, save them from calamity, see through the unseen, pulling souls and spirits away from all wrongdoings, mercy to the world, walking ancient crowned path, evil vanquished to one, religion pure and true, Muhammad, the noble high one. That's the translation. All right. So in. Arabic, brother Isagma. Arabic, okay. Although an kolikal kounu wal makhlukatu kat kudiba ala ta'ini, huwa azimu shani at ta'iyatu ila alhak. Maulutun fil garbi liyatlaqal kitab al munazali. Salasuna juzan hudalil alamin. سيد القاتات والملوك وزعيم المرسلين معينا من ربه حارسا لأمته مناجيا ربه أثناء خمس الصلوات سلاما وهدى على الأمم مؤمنا بربه ومعينا للضعفاء وإنقاذ كل من ظلم ومنح من البلايا ورأى الغيب من الجنة والنار إنه ذو أخلاق قيمة وهو معصوم مرسل ورحمة للعالمين ودينه على ولا يعلى أبدا دينه حزم مشر وسماه إسلاما وهو محمد الشريف الكريم. فنيش. Okay. Brother M N J. Oh my God. Okay, my turn, right? Okay. Malay. Okay. Yeah. I'll read it in the subject form. Okay. Poetry. Poetry from poetry. Okay. Yeah. There will be some. I think there will be some music to it. So. Okay. Okay. I'll start. Bismillah. Sejak terciptanya alam semesta ini, Tuhan telah menetapkan pelantikan seorang pendakwah lelaki teragung. Baginda dilahirkan dari barat. Baginda menerima wahyu agung. Kitab yang mengandungi 30 bahagian untuk membimbing semua makhluk. Tuan kepada semua raja, pemimpin yang tersuci dengan bimbingan daripada atas untuk melindungi negaranya bersama dengan solat perintah solat lima waktu dalam diam mengharapkan keamanan 
hatinya hanya kepada Allah mengangkat darjat si miskin menyelamatkan mereka dari sengsara melihat melalui kegelapan menarik jiwa dan roh dari kesemua kesalahan rahmat kepada sekalian alam menyelurusuri rahsia silam memadamkan segala kejahatan agamanya suci dan benar itulah Muhammad yang terhormat dan teragung Yeah, nah, it all sounds so beautiful, you know, in all the different languages. I find yeah, I mean, I, because I, I'm reciting it in a sajak form, because uh, in a poetic uh, form, Malay uh, poetic form. That's why it sounds different. Yeah, I don't, I'm not reading it like a normal text. You see. Yeah, that's why. But, but you know, even though it's like a different language, the the pacing, the rhythms, kind of like kind of matches. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Okay. okay so we yeah. we we come to end. Okay. Brother Bilal, uh, are you going to try to do it in French? Maybe he's busy. Maybe inshallah we get a personal recording of him doing it in French when mm-hmm. ask him to send it to we me. We demand a poetic performance. <laughs> Spoken word, eh? Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, without much further ado, I hope guys, uh, this have been beneficial for all of you. And uh, this is a very good prelude to we we do this program today because you know Chinese New Year is coming and it's on the first of February this year. Inshallah, you know we hope that uh, tonight's program would have benefited you and everyone who's watching. Uh, do tune in again in two weeks' time. We're going to go for a break next week. Uh, it will be another interesting story. Trust me, I found the person to share. <laughs> okay, so uh, without much further ado, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you everyone. Salam. Salam. Salam.